Hello and welcome to Virtual Roundtables Live, the broadcast that brings business leaders together to discuss and debate the latest industry topics and trends. Now over to today's host. Today we'll be talking about youth marketing and making it matter. So some quick rules before we get started. Feel free to take pictures, notes, selfies, oil paintings if you have the material with you, smoke signals. Actually not smoke signals, I, I can see people panicking at the back. So just, you know, the uh, notes. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Tweet about today as well. Why not? Let's be friends. So, who is this strange Greek man with a beard in front of you? So, I'm the marketing director for Scape. Uh, I'm going to talk about Scape in a minute. Uh, I am focused on millennial and Gen Z marketing. Um, I have been doing for the past 10 years. Uh, and also, I am obsessed with donuts. Just a self-confession, you will hear me talking about food intermittently. About donuts, donut time, please try it. If you're in London, really, really good. Great vegan range as well. Just putting, I'm not, I'm not sponsored by them, I really am not. I've tried, uh, but they're actually really good, so give them a go. So, who is Kate? We have 13 locations across the world, so we're in UK, Ireland, Australia. We're opening now in the States with a very big expansion plan, uh, and we're very, very excited about it. And we are Gen Z and millennial champions in practice. And I know I'm standing in a room full of marketers saying that, so I need to prove it. Hopefully, by the end of the presentation, you'll see the proof. Um, we put experience first. Uh, we are sheltering and shaping the minds of tomorrow, so we have very engaged and, and, and very engaged and a very engaging audience as well. Um, and we have smarter, smarter rooms, and we are providing a year that lasts a lifetime. And again, a very, very big claim, so hopefully you'll see how we bring this to life. Before we do that, though, let's discuss uh, Generation uh, Y and Generation Z, so Millennials and Gen Z. Are there targets, are there markets, or are they target markets? So we're going to think, we're going to start with what the public thinks, which the first word that comes to mind is kill. And that sounds very severe, but let me explain. So, millennials are killing cruises and casinos. They're also killing the soap. They are killing drugs, and we're mad about that. I don't know why, but we are. Um, this is a double whammy, and I actually quite like it because it's double shade. It's they're killing television faster than millennials are killing the music industry, so, okay. Um, they're killing the golf industry, which I have to say I'm not very mad about. Just putting it out there. Uh, they're killing cooking, where I do need to take responsibility for that because I'm one of them. Um, again, they're killing the crocs. Is anyone really mad about it? Really? No. I, I get some no's here, so good. Um, they're killing homeowning, and I love how Market Watch is putting it as it's their choice and not that, you know, prices in London, you know, you have to sell your firstborn just to buy a, the, the parking for the house. Um, they're killing the nine to five. 
They're killing running, which again, I have to take responsibility for. Now, this is one of my favorite ones because they're apparently killing the diamond industry. And The Economist tweeted, why aren't millennials buying diamonds? And someone replied, I work at a grocery store. <laughs> so maybe that explains it. Um, and now we're going to romance. So they are killing the dinner date. They're also killing sex. And of course, they're killing marriage. But the biggest threat is the sacred institution of divorce. So millennials are also killing divorce. You know, how dare they? And last but not least, they are killing traditional death. So, you know, seriously, what can you do with them? Um, the second thing that comes to mind is Entitled. So the Entitled Millennial is one of the first Google results that you'll get. And also they are the butt of a lot of jokes. And I haven't included an example because I am an Entitled Millennial that doesn't have a sense of humor. So what they think, they feel misunderstood. They feel that this is a situation that was created before them and now they have to deal with it. Um, they also feel that they're between a rock and a hard place. So uh, again, you know, people are complaining about homeowning, but how can they actually own a home when it's so difficult to actually get on the property ladder? And the good thing is that they have a very good sense of humor. So if you have read any BuzzFeed articles about them, they have a very, very uh, funny take on how people are perceiving them. So what some brands think, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard some of these points. What do millennials want? Can you make it Gen Z friendly? Is it viral yet? And you're like, that's not how things work. Um, the other one is putting emojis and hashtag YOLO, hashtag likes for likes, hashtag JK, JK, and you're like, mm, no. And this is an example, it's an actual example from Microsoft, where uh, you know this is a recruiter that's emailing interns, and I think some of my favorite parts are um, there will be hella noms, lots of drunks, the best beats, and we're breaking out the Yammer beer pong tables. Hell yes to getting lit on a Monday night. No one speaks like that. Please don't ever speak to any millennial or Gen Z like that. They will cringe to death. Um, the other thing is public relations versus public relationships. And this is something that a lot of people confuse. Gone are the days that we can send a press release and put our story out there and say, well, this is who our brand is. Now we have to have a relationship with our customer. We need to talk to them. And most of the times they dictate what the brand is back to us. It's like a mirror. And the fourth is, oh, Gen Z are not our customers. That's a massive mistake. Please, please, please remember the buying power of Gen Z and remember the influence that Gen Z has in the household. Uh, if you know you have a teenager uh, or a young person going like, we should switch to this, we should go this, we should get this uh, washing liquid, most likely after 50,000 times, you know the parents will be like, oh my god, okay, fine, let's get it. You know, and it's you need to understand how they are affecting purchasing behavior. So you can generalize youth marketing, right? Gen Z and millennials. Trick question? No. Uh, millennials and Gen Z are intrinsically different. And within these groups, they're very, very different. Whenever you read an article that says, oh, the five definite steps for Gen Z are these, 
Gen Z is so diverse, they have so many subgroups. They, are, they have common characteristics, which we're gonna go in in a minute. But they are very individual. So in terms of common characteristics, these would be the, the key ones. And out of them, what I would advise you to keep in mind uh, is that millennials were digital pioneers. I remember getting the first floppy disk, and I, like, if now you say to a, to a Gen Z about a floppy disk, they'll think you are saying something really naughty. Whereas, you know, Gen Z have grown up with touchscreens. They are digital natives. Um, the other thing to remember is that the, there are different expectations in terms of culture, in terms of uh, a collective consciousness. So Gen Z are much more plugged in and they're expecting their brands to be plugged in as well. What they have in common is this question of what is this doing for me? And I really want you guys to have that in the front of your mind. And this is actually your first takeaway. We did say three takeaways. So this is your first takeaway. What is this doing for me? What is your campaign doing for them? They get about 2,000 ads every day. They come in contact with 2,000 ads every day. What is your ad doing for them? Why do they need to come back to your product? So rethinking youth marketing, how can you inject value in your marketing. And we just said, what is this doing for me? So rethink your purpose. If you Google selling to millennials, you're gonna get 33 million results. If you Google marketing to millennials, you're gonna get 53 million results because we know how to market it. And then if you do supporting and championing uh, millennials, you get less than 10 million results. And we just said, like just two slides ago, what is this doing for me? How is this campaign championing me, how is it supporting me, how, it, how is it making an impact to my life. So hopefully this shows that there is a very big missed opportunity for marketers. So another one is speaking with them and not at them. And when you think of Avon, the cosmetics brand, you probably don't think millennial leader, but they've had a change in marketing. Uh, so James Thompson, uh, their new uh, chief brand beauty officer, had this quote which I think encapsulates this perfectly. It's about products, positioning, and doing the right thing. And how do they do that? So they put online uh, a petition and they, they found the five key ingredients for the best mascara through social. So they asked people, what do you want your mascara to have. So they created the uh, true five-in-one Lash Genius Mascara, which I'm wearing now, I'm joking, I'm not. But they, uh, you know, they said to people, you asked, we listened, and we created it. And that's really, really powerful. The other thing that they are doing is they're, in terms of positioning, they're looking for social for um, emerging trends. So Korean beauty is a huge emerging trend and I have to say I'm also obsessed. Uh, if you have used Dr. Jarts or its skin, they are really good. It's like a 10 step process and it's really long but very beneficial. Um, and also they are looking at festival beauty and what is uh, actually quite incredible is that they're shooting their new products with Instagram in mind. So they are making all of their 
new uh, imagery Instagram friendly or Instagrammable. And that's another thing that I really like when it says doing the right thing. Uh, so Avon hasn't been enabling uh, women to be their own entrepreneurs for a long time, but also they are doing a lot of activities for women's rights, breast cancer awareness, and gender-based domestic violence. So they are, you know, practicing what they preach, and they are authentic in that. So we were just discussing about authenticity. Uh, so it's it's almost impossible for a marketing presentation to not mention authenticity. Uh, but you do need to focus on it because people get really put off when authenticity is not in place. And as Samantha said, there are, you know, like people actually are able to tell, well, this is not true. And in fact, sometimes campaigns might create a backlash. They might come with a really good uh, intention. So for example, this lead campaign, uh, which a lot of people have a lot of feelings for. I personally really liked it. Uh, I actually cried when I watched it. But then when I went and I saw that it was the most disliked YouTube campaign, I was like, this is so strange. Fun fact, uh, among millennials and Gen Z, the, uh, the ratings were actually very, very favorable. So Gillette did a really good job in bringing these audiences in. From them, what they were saying is, actually, you might have contributed to that environment of toxic masculinity, and now you're doing a 180 without acknowledging it. So this is what they were pissed off, not about the actual messaging that Gen X was actually quite, uh, quite annoyed. Another example is pink washing. So when Pride comes, people just put you know, the Pride flag on their logos and uh, they're like, we support the gays for a month. Uh, and it's like, what are you doing for the rest of the year? And as a member of the LGBTQ community, whenever I see a brand putting their uh, logo in, uh, in the pride colors, I'm like, you are using my people to get money. And that's not on. Um, so it's about thinking how you can actually be authentic in what you're doing. I don't know if you saw the um, LGBT sandwich in M&S that really divided the... <laughs> The, the community because it was actually delicious, but was it good? Um, and then you do need to speak their language. So millennials do respond to words. Gen Z responds to video. What can you do? You can do both. So we asked our audience, we said to them, you know, what, uh, what are you guys passionate about? And they said sustainability. So we created a reusable scape water bottle that um, they could take with them. We gave it to them for free and we staggered our approach. So initially we put it on Facebook, we put um, an email out and we put um, a blog out. And we saw third years and postgrads coming down to reception and getting them. And then we posted it on Instagram stories and uh, also on uh, Snapchat. And then we saw first years and second years kind of swarm in the reception. So different messages to different people as well. Um, we, we did a campaign where we interviewed five uh, people about their LGBT experiences. We spoke to people in their own language. So we knew that they wanted to see it through their phone, uh, but we wanted to have it on a physical environment as well. So we created these posters that were interactive. The moment that you scan them with your phone, you were able to, uh, to see the stories come to life. And this is, again, making sure that we speak to their 
uh, to them in their language. Now, I was about to open a can of worms and talk about influencers, so I'm just going to leave it in a very small and short uh, uh, statement there. 60% of uh, consumers said that they trust um, family and friends, whereas only 23% of them said celebrity influencer content was impactful. So, again, not another discussion about user-generated content in a marketing presentation. Uh, but, again, this is really, really important. You know, are you utilizing it in the correct way? Are you using user-generated content in the correct way? And how can you use it creatively? And I'm using ASUS as an example. So from the very generic taking pictures of uh, people that they have shared wearing your product or using your product, to rethinking it in a creative way. So um, this is a tweet from someone that said, I just want someone to look at me the way I look at ASOS. And they're just posting it on all their channels. And again, people really relate with that. And also getting into current affairs, so there was a scandal recently with uh, Colleen Rooney. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen it. I can see some nods. We're all reading the same publications. Um, so they just put a little collection together with, uh, you know, like phrases like honesty or um, guilty. And again, this sparked a lot of debate online because, uh, and, and this had no budget behind it. It was just very creative. Uh, this is your second takeaway. So your content should be one of these three things, either informative, instructional, or entertaining. If it's not, why are you putting it out there? Most likely, if it's not, you're probably thinking, well, you know, this, is, this showcases our brand, but people don't necessarily want that. Just to clarify the differences between the three, I told you I'm gonna speak about food, so let's pick a food group, uh, pizza, uh, so, informative could be the five best places to get vegan pizzas in London. Um, instructional can be the five uh, steps to make the best vegan pizza. And an entertaining one could be um, people try vegan pizza versus dairy pizza. Can they tell the difference? Uh, and then, you know, like you have very clear purposes for each one of your videos, but it's, again, it makes a difference. And ask yourself, if you were not being paid to watch this, would you complete the video? So with my team, when we're, when we're creating a video and we're watching it, I'm like, if you're not being paid to watch this, would you watch the full minute? And most of the times we're like, no, we need to go back to the drawing board. And also, if this can be video, why is it not? Now, hands up, who thinks that millennials and young, the younger generation are loyal customers? Oh, wow, okay, one, two, two, good. Um, so, who thinks they are disloyal? Okay, we have a lot of people that are on the fence. So, let's see the disloyal part. 70% consider their own generation as less loyal to brands, and more than 65% admit to uh, jumping ship from one of their favorite brands in the last year. I don't know if you've ever been in a store where you take your phone out and you just Google a product and you find it like cheaper and you just go like, okay, I'm gonna go now. It, that, that is the upside of technology. Uh, are they loyal? 86% of them join a loyalty program, 80% of them actively participate in rewards programs, and 66% of them have joined a program within the past year versus 55% of the general population. So if we are asking, are they loyal? They are, 
but not in the traditional sense of loyalty. We think, you know, like someone's parents have shopped in John Lewis for the last 50 years and they don't go anywhere else. That doesn't exist anymore. Brands need to give reasons to younger people to stay loyal. Uh, and we need to rethink what loyalty means. And then don't forget your roots. There's a thin line between being cool and being annoying. So uh, again, using video clips, responding to questions, it's good, but strangely, making fun of competitors and making fun of customers, not so much. And you will see brands that are actually doing that really well. Burger King and McDonald's are great examples of that, but it's one brand out of so many. The other thing is online is not the only channel you should be paying attention to. Uh, a lot of people are not online and a lot of people are not on social media. Even the younger generation is doing the IRL in real life, kind of detaching from social media. So don't forget the importance of offline activations as well. And what? So brand actions on social that prompt uh, people to purchase. Being responsive is still number one. You know, offering promotions, providing educational content, sharing interesting visuals, they are all the most important ones, but people will go to their marketing and be like, okay, we need to be funny, but you haven't responded to a customer for like five days? No. Like, cover your basics first and then go towards uh, something more. The bonus point that I would say is, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. And for example, at Scape, we, we, are, we think we're cool. Uh, and when we tell our students that we're cool, they're like, Okay, but when you bring in partnerships, and you know, for example, for us, we work with uh, WeWork, Uber, How to Academy, Xbox, Neat Nutrition, quite a lot of cool brands. Our customers see them and they're like, oh, they're cool, so you guys must be cool too. The other thing that we're doing is we are talking to local businesses that are not as big as the other ones, and we're introducing them when, you know, imagine coming to a brand new city. Uh, and you don't know, you know where, to, where to go and eat. We are introducing them to selected uh, locations around their neighborhood that we say, well, you know what? They do the best bao buns there and you need to go. I should stop talking about food that much, sorry. Um, but you know, like we are giving them a, uh, a guide on how to better spend their time in, in London with us. And we're helping them actually to create a, a year that lasts a lifetime. So my takeaway number three is that I would love for you guys to turn around as when this is over to the person next to you and be like, oh my God, George was amazing. What do you do? <laughs> and just start making these connections. You know, uh, like these events, the Inspiring event is actually one of the best events to make the, these connections because you have some of the best brands. For us, we have made so many connections through these events that we have introduced to our students. Um, so don't forget the power of partnerships. And I think that's everything from me. If you have any questions, comments, or compliments, feel free to ask now. Alternatively, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us this week on Virtual Roundtables Live. Make sure to visit our website www.virtualroundtables.com to learn more about upcoming webinars and events.